0: Thank you for listening to the radiant church podcast for more information visit us at weareradiant.com welcome to radiant church my name is aaron burke and i'm the lead pastor here at radiant church we are one church and six locations yeah we're glad that y'all are here and we have six locations joining us today which is pretty incredible we have our brand new location just had its second week Um, happening in North Tampa. Come on, can we celebrate our newest location and what God's doing there? All of those who are joining us online, it's a big deal. And you are in week five, five of a six-part series that we are calling that's a stretch the whole goal of this series is that we're stretching you to help you be all that God has called you to be I've used this little pray first bracelet every single week to show you the stretch that man sometimes God wants to stretch you and you feel like it kind of hurts at times I understand but many times it's the stretching that precedes the growing that God wants to do in our lives so if you feel stretched over the last few weeks you know, Aaron, then the topics we've talked about, it's just been stretching. Great, because I really believe that comfort and progress don't exist together. So if you want to grow, you need to get stretched. Can I hear a good amen? All right, we are in uh, part five. We are calling today's message our stretch goals. If you're new to Radiant, this would be considered a Vision Sunday. We're going to kind of give you the goals and vision of where God has for us and where we're going as a church. So if you're new, you're probably sitting there going, man, did I pick the right Sunday to come? And I want to say you picked the perfect Sunday to come because you're going to hear what this church is, really is all about, kind of the behind the scenes and where we're going this year. And the reason I'm doing this also is because I want to help develop some stretch goals in your life. Notice I didn't do this at the beginning of January because I wanted you to start your normal New Year's resolutions. And my question is, how are those working out for you? Seventy-five percent of them fail by the end of, of, end of January, and guess what? We're at the last day of January, and really, a lot of those diets, out the window. Some of you, you hadn't seen the gym one time this year, and that was your whole goal. You wanted to read a book, you haven't even opened it up yet. So you've had all these goals that haven't happened, so I'm going to help you with some stretch goals. But before I get into it, let me just remind you of the benefits of stretching because a lot of times we forget and we always wanna grow, but we don't like seasons where we feel stretched. So I wrote some of them right there in your notes. You can see it as you follow along with me. One is that stretching helps avoid injury. And people don't like stretching because it's painful, but the only thing more painful than stretching is actually injury when it comes to your body. So what you have a decision to make when you exercise, do you experience pain on the front end called stretching or do you experience pain on the back end called a injury? And I think it's the same with your spiritual walk. You can experience the the pain of stretching now or the pain of regret later. I think we choose pain of stretching now. Can I hear a good amen? Here's the second one is is stretching increases my range of motion. So when you learn to stretch, you know, you go, you know, try to stretch towards your toes. I I would do it, but I don't want to show off um, my, my stretch abilities here. But when you stretch... You know, the the whole goal is that you go down and you go as far as you can go and then you relieve the pressure and then you go and the next time, and guess what? You could go a little bit further than you did before. That's what stretching does. It takes something that was difficult but now becomes a little bit easier. So for instance, with your spiritual walk, It might have been difficult for you to pray 21 days ago, but guess what? It's a little bit easier now. You've stretched for 21 days. Some of you thought you would never fast. You ended up fasting. What was it? It was difficult before. It becomes easier now because stretching, it increases your range of motion. And let me just say, you have more in you and more greatness ahead of you than you think is possible. Let's get stretched to be all that God has for us. Amen? And here's the third one is that stretching prepares your body for strengthening so everybody likes to be strong, you know, you want the, the gym body, but the truth is, is that you, your muscles will never strengthen until they're stretched. So everybody wants to be strong in their relationship with God. The way you get strong in your relationship with God is you go through seasons where you're able to be stretched. So let me stretch you today, and I'm going to stretch you on this topic of stretch goals and really evaluating the goals that you've put over your life and the goals that we have as a church And I believe that we need to dream bigger this year. I believe we need to go for something bigger than we've experienced before. I wrote it in your notes this way. You could show me the size of your goal and I will show you the size of your God. It's good preaching right there. Now, I want you just to realize you serve a big God. He can do way more in your life than you think is possible. He's got way more potential in store for you, greatness in store for you. So I want to stretch you in what I believe God has possible for your life over this next year. We're going to look at a passage that has become my theme verse for 2021. I brought our, all, our whole staff through this in a whole retreat that we did at the beginning of the month. And I really believe that this verse has four key challenges, four key goals. And I want you to see them right here in the book of Isaiah chapter 54 it's a verse you might have heard before but i want to break it down it was given by a prophet named isaiah speaking on behalf of god and he's speaking to a group of people who are god's people but they're living in what's called exile so there was during a period of time called the babylonian exile where babylon had invaded jerusalem destroyed the city all the people left everywhere and when they left they were discouraged they were frustrated they were defeated And God speaks into the situation and gives them this promise. And this is what I love about God, just so you understand how he works. God very rarely speaks to our current situation, but he often speaks to where he sees us in the future. He speaks to our potential. So if you're hearing God's promises over your life and you're going, that doesn't make sense right now, God's not speaking to the current problem. He's speaking to your future potential. He's speaking to what he sees is possible with your life. And that's what he does here in Isaiah 54. Let's start in verse 2. It says it like this. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen the cords. Strengthen your stakes. Four challenges, four stretch goals that I want to give us here at our church. The first one is this phrase. Enlarge the place of your tent. And as I thought about that verse, I thought, man, these people were given this commission to get a bigger tent, to have more people a part of it, more people a part of what they're doing. He said, I want you to prepare, and here's what I want you to prepare for. Here's the word. It's this word growth. It's the first challenge that God gave me this for this year is that, Aaron, our church needs to grow. And it's not growth for numbers' sake. Let me just be very clear. We are not in this aggressive process. Uh, pursuit after better numbers and more people, that's not our focus. Our focus is growth because growth represents lives being changed. If you're unfamiliar with what the church is all about, let me just let you know, the church exists to reach people who are far from God and move them from where they are to where God has called them to be. And I want you to know, there's a lot of people that need to be moved on this journey. So we have to do our part. That we can't be satisfied with where we're at because where we're at there's still opportunities to grow we need our tent to get bigger because there's a lot of lost people in tampa bay ladies and gentlemen a lot of people you walk through armature works and you walk downtown and you walk through the saint Pete Pier. you look around it's packed full of people and they're moving from all over and if they're moving here we need to provide a place for people, for your friends and my friends who are not connected with God to find a place that they can go and experience Jesus in a real and authentic way. This is what the church is all about. And this is the reason the church should grow. Jesus himself said it this way. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He says, I will build my church. What a great declaration right there. That then this thing's gonna grow and it's gonna grow until he comes back. And he says, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I I have noticed that in this last year. Our church has gone through supernatural growth for seven years in a row. And then uh, coronavirus happened. I thought, oh man, this is it. I don't don't know how it's going to survive this. And guess what? The gates of Hades, coronavirus, racial justice, political uprising could not stop God's church. We're reaching more people now than ever before because God is interested in building his church. And we got to own this idea that we exist as a church to reach people who are far from God. I'm I'm not interested in church for church's sake. I'm not interested in church to be in a cruise ship for the saints of God to just enjoy this moment. No, we are not a cruise ship. We are a battleship going into enemy territory saying, who can we reach for Jesus? This is what we do. This is why we do church the way we do it. We believe this phrase, write it down in your notes, that because heaven and hell are realities, and they are, everybody you know, every friend you have will stand before God one day and will be sent to an eternity in one of these two places. And because they are realities, we will continue to do anything short of sin to keep reaching people. Now, we won't sin, we're not going to do anything crazy, but we have to stay on mission that's why we do things like at the movies, and we keep adding services, and we do fun experiences, and we give donuts out on the way. People are going, well, what does that have to do with church? It has nothing to do with church. It just has everything to do to break down barriers for those people who are coming in this place who have a wall up, and they go, I don't know what I believe about this. And they, we just want to break down every barrier possible to make sure that we provide an opportunity for people who are far from God. And I, I've, I've heard the phrase all the time, well, Aaron, you shouldn't be trying to... To, to go along with what they want. You know, the gospel's offensive. And that's true. The gospel's very offensive. I mean, I'm telling you, to tell people that they have to deny themselves, take up the cross, follow Jesus, that's an offensive message. Here's my challenge. Let's just not add to that offense with bad attitudes, bad hospitality, bad experiences, a bad behavior. Let's, let's do everything we can to help reach people for Jesus. There was this whole debate in um, first century church, the very early church. And there was a group of people who were non-Jewish. So not the church people, non-Jewish. They're called the Gentiles who were getting saved. But when they were getting saved, the church people came up and were like, hey, if you're going to get saved, like, you got to get circumcised. Now, if you don't know what that is, ask your parents. So that, that's like, that's a, that's, a, that's a big jump. Like, oh, you're telling me I have to do that also? And, and they're like, oh, and you have to talk this certain way, and you have to memorize this amount of Scripture. So they were putting all these barriers on these Gentiles, so what happened is is that the church leaders gathered together and when they gathered together they ended up coming together and going what should the restrictions be on the gentiles who are who are coming to faith and james who happened to be the brother of jesus one of the main leaders of the church stood up in what's called the jerusalem council the council of jerusalem and he said this statement, and it's, it's an incredible statement. It was written down in Acts chapter 15. It says it like this. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. And I've held on to this phrase as soon as we started the church, going, it's my judgment that we should not create boundaries and barriers And things that are going to make it an obstacle for your friends and family who are coming to God. Radiant Church should not be a barrier. It should be a bridge into their lives to provide a life-giving experience for them to find God. This is why we do Sundays the way we do Sundays. Because guess what? It's not about you. Even though I think you're going to get fed and you're going to experience God and you're going to worship. It's not about you. It's about who are those people God's putting in our life around us that we can bring with us so they can experience a salvation. That's only offered through Jesus Christ. Uh, the other day, there was a girl who's on my prayer list. She's been on my prayer list for months and months and months, a family member of mine. And then uh, through 21 days of prayer and fasting, every day I pulled out that prayer list and I prayed her name out God, bring her back to you. Lord, bring that relationship with her. Lord, get a hold of her. And then on Monday, Monday, she called me. And I mean, we talk very rarely, but she called me and she's like, hey, I just want to tell you. Um, I, me and my friends got up yesterday and we went to church and now she lives on the other side of the country. And so she, I said, Oh, you went to church? I said, that's awesome. She's like, yeah, we loved it. We're going to start getting involved and we're excited. And I was, I was really pumped. Like as as a family member, as someone who loves her, like I was so, so pumped. I'm like, first of all, that always happens in prayer and fasting, by the way. Can I encourage some people in here? Don't stop praying for your friends and family who are far from God. It'll change their lives. So I I was so encouraged. And then as soon as I got done being encouraged, I went into pastor mode, strategist mode, and I thought, Oh, I hope those people didn't do church as normal. I hope that place they walked into realized the answer to prayer that was walking into that room. I hope they didn't just treat her like a number. I hope they treated her like the prized possession that God says that she is. That she is a lost person who has to come. I hope she was the VIP of that campus. I hope that they gave her the best seat in the house. I hope they gave her free coffee and donuts to make her know how much she's loved. I want to make sure we provide that experience for your friends in your family. We're gonna do it because that's why the church exists. Can I hear a better amen than that today, church? So here's my stretch goal, okay? Stretch goal is simply this, and here's how it makes it practical for you, is I want you to create a list of three people that I can pray for, invite, and then bring them to church. That's your list. That's your your stretch goal. Imagine this if everybody in our church just did three. Three of their friends, three of their family members, three of their coworkers, and and here's what I want you to do. I actually want you, over the next few minutes, to write those names down. I don't think there's anything more important than seeing those people get saved this year. So I want you to be praying for them. I want you to pray for the right opportunity, and then I want you to bring them to church. And here's what I'll do. I wanna make an agreement with you as your pastor that if you do your part and you invite your friends, by the way, I'm not inviting your friends. That would be weird. I'm not gonna show up at your workplace and be like, hey, I'm the pastor. Why don't you come with me to my church? Like y'all would think I'm the creep, right? But here's what uh, I'll do. I'll, I'll make an agreement with you. You do your part and you invite your friends. And I'll do my part. You know what my part is? I'm gifted to do what God's called me to do to bring the gospel every single Sunday. So it doesn't matter if I'm preaching about time management, money, or marriage. It doesn't matter any of those things. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna bring the gospel every single Sunday. I'm gonna make sure that your friend's given the opportunity. And here's what I want you to know. All right, here's the agreement we'll make, okay? At the end of that service, when you've prayed for your friend, you've invited, you've brought them, they're sitting there next to you. Here's what you can do. At the end of that service, I'm gonna say, everybody bow their heads, close your eyes. I'm gonna give one more group an opportunity. And you know where I'm going. And when I say that, I want you to bow your heads, but I don't want you to close your eyes. I want you to fake it like this. You know what I mean? I want you to pull this business here. And I want you to peek, okay? God will forgive you, all right? And here's why. I want you to peek because I want you looking at that friend the entire time. Not not where they know. And I want you to see because when that hand of your friend or your family member goes up, there's not a greater high that, that you can experience in your life than that person coming to faith in that moment. You will realize at that moment, that'll be the happiest moment of your life. I've seen it with family members. I've seen it with coworkers. They bring them, and they start bawling, crying, because they saw the response of their friend. That is what we're going to do, and we're going to do more of it. Can I get a better amen? So we're going to grow. We're going to grow by reaching people for Jesus. That's why the church exists. Number two, we're going to stretch your tents, your curtains wide. Stretch your tent curtains wide. I love how he doesn't say buy new curtains. He says this phrase. He says, take the curtains you have and stretch them a little bit. Here's the word that God gave me for this second stretch goal. It's simply stewardship. Stewardship. Now, if you don't know what stewardship is, when someone was a manager of somebody's house, they were called a steward of their house. So stewardship is simply this. You can write it down in your notes this way. It's careful management of what you have been entrusted. So it's, it's a decision to say, I've been entrusted with this, and I'm going to take care of it. Another way of saying it, it's taking care of what you've been given. So I'm going to be a better steward. So my, my daughters the other day were in Radiant Kids, and they asked the, the, the kids' dream teamers that were serving, they said, hey, can we, can we go and leave early to go do this thing um, outside of the, the room here? And the dream Teamer said, no, y'all can't leave early. You have to wait for your parents. And my daughters teamed up and they go, well, I don't think you understand. My dad owns this place. (laughs) So so obviously that came back to me. So I had a nice little talk with my daughters. And first of all, I said, well, first of all, I'm kind of proud of y'all for thinking that, you know, your daddy's important. That really makes me happy. But I've got to correct your statement. Your daddy does not own this place. And they're like, you don't? No, your daddy is what's called a steward. I have been entrusted with helping oversee the church, but it's not my church, it's not mommy's church, it's not the board's church, it's not the people's church, it's Jesus's church, this is his church. And we are now responsible for helping do his church. So so we don't treat it like it's our own, we treat it like it belongs to God himself. And one day, Matthew 25 says it like this, one day we're gonna stand before God and he's gonna say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, with some small things, and here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna put you in charge of many things. So how do we get greatness in our church? We are happy and focused on taking care of the little bit that God has given us. This is crucial because everybody wants to wait for the bigger better before we take care of it. That's not how it works. You wanna get a nicer car? then take care of that 1984 Toyota Corolla you're driving right now. You go, well, that car is so dirty. You know, there's no way it's not even worth washing. Take ownership of it. God's entrusted it with you. Bring it to the car wash, put extra wax on that thing. You might, you might be waxing rust spots right there. And people ask you, what are you doing? Why are you waxing the rust in that car? That's pointless. You go, no, 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 no. I'm not waxing it for the car's sake. I'm waxing it because I know I'm, I serve a God who sees me being faithful with the small. And when I'm faithful with the small, he'll bless me with more. This is the path towards promotion in the kingdom of God. You want a nicer house? Guess what? Take care of the apartment first. It just, it's just stewardship. Stewardship is the path towards everything God has for us. Here's why. Write it on your notes. Because how you handle something is how you'll handle everything. So everybody's like, well, if I would have won the lottery, then I would buy this, this, this. And I would really take care of it. You didn't win the lottery. Let me just remind you. You didn't. And if you did, call your pastor. <laughs> Let's talk. Like, like be, be a person That understands that, no, no, God's seen how good and faithful you'll be with what he's given you right there. Right there. And I'm telling you, this is what I'm believing over our church. I'm believing for greatness. I'm believing for a South Tampa facility for our church. We've had services today with overflow crowds in them. and It frustrates me to not get everybody in the room. It frustrates me to deal with the issues we're dealing with here in South Tampa. And you know what the path towards that is? It's not to dream more. It's to take care of what God's given us. I'm believing God for facilities over our St. Pete location, Brandon location, different places all over. I'm believing God's going to do it. How do we do it? We take care of what we have been given. And when we are, we are able to get more. That's why our church, just to give you a little behind the scenes, if you've never gone through Next Steps, you should. One of the Next Steps classes, I talk about how we do our finances here at Radiant Church. So our finances from the very beginning have been established off what's kind of called a 90% budget principle. So we don't project budgets here at our church. So let me just tell you about last year. Last year, we were in the midst of a global pandemic. We had no clue what to expect. And, and most churches I've, I've come in contact with either stayed the same financially or declined financially. That's almost everybody I know. Radiant Church, because of y'all's incredible generosity and I believe the stewardship of our church, we had a 20% increase last year alone. Come on, that's incredible right there. So. So what we do as a, as a team when we look at those finances, we don't project another 20% this year. What do we do? We take the income of last year and we say, okay, we're, we're going to budget 90% of that. So that's how we've always done our budget. It keeps us tight. It keeps us lean. And it's, we're able to be more generous and able to do more things. We've been able to launch locations like North Tampa, totally debt-free. we have able to renovate facilities like we did here at the, the South Tampa and at the Heights, totally debt-free. How? Because of that margin. So we, we stay in good stewards knowing that God is watching. We actually have a whole stewardship department of our church, and their primary goal is not to raise income. It is to protect the current finances to being good stewards. Because I know, as we're faithful with a little, God will bless us with more. So we will see the blessing of God in our life when we are b- uh, very faithful with what He has given us. Right right now. Well, by the way, one of my goals for this year, just so you can hear it, and I, it's a stretch goal. I don't see how it's even possible, but I'm going to believe God for it, is um, I'm believing that our church this year will cross over the $1 million mark given to missions this year alone. Come on. I'm believing it. I want you standing behind me in it, and I don't know how it's possible. That's, that's a lot of a million dollars given towards local, national, global missions projects, and and I don't know how it's going to happen, but I, I'm believing we're going to do it together. And, and if you want to write the check for a million dollars, I'll take you to lunch right after the service. I, I'll, I'll cancel all the rest of the services today. We'll just go hang out together with me and you. We'll make this thing happen. Here, here's, here's your stretch goal. Ready? Write it down. Your stretch goal is simply this, is you need to get on a budget. Why do you need to get on a budget? Because you gotta, you got to take care of what God's given you. Everybody's so frustrated they don't have more. Don't worry about having more. Be worried about taking care of what God's put in your hands right now. And watch how when you take care of what God's put in your hands right now, he starts blessing you even more. That's why, by the way, we have some virtual financial peace university groups that you can jump into. And if you've never done FPU, that's a perfect opportunity for you to go in there and get your finances in order. You go, well, eventually it's going to turn around. It's never going to be that you make enough money. Because you'll make more money and you'll spend more money. You've got to learn how to control what you've been given. Right, right. And then here's the second thing, is you need to set a generosity goal. And you need to look at your finances, create a budget, and then set a goal of what can we give away this year? And if you're not tithing, start tithing. If you are tithing, if you maybe you're giving 5%, give 6% this next year. Take a step in generosity. Katie and I got together and last year, we uh, gave away more money than we've ever given away in our entire life. So we got together this uh, uh, last week for a date night and we started talking about money and we started talking about, talk about generosity. It's a very dangerous thing to do while you're fasting because you're just like, I wanna give everything away. So in that moment, we set, we, set, we set a generosity goal, and it's, it's a ridiculous amount of money for us. It's a ridiculous amount of money that we wanna to give towards the kingdom of God, towards missions, towards the expansion here at Radiant Church. We, we put that number out. we wrote it out. This is what we're gonna do this year. Now, how is that gonna happen? I have no clue. I have no clue. If I show up to your house delivering your Uber Eats, <laughs> just know that's the reason why, okay? Because <laughs> I got a goal, <laughs> and my pride is not gonna keep me from reaching that goal. Because generosity is what it's all about. Let's do this thing together. And I think our church is going to be generous. You need to be generous and let's see the world change. Because we are going to be good stewards of what God has given us. Here's the third one. is lengthen your cords. And here's the word for this one. is simply the word worship. I love this phrase, this, this look. Because the tent got bigger. The curtains were stretched. And then he took these cords and he said lengthen them. Now it goes from a horizontal thing to a vertical thing. Say, now make it about Jesus. Make it about Him. And I love this because worship is so crucial to what we do. Actually, worship is not so crucial to only what we do. Worship is what we are all about, period. By the way, missions and reaching people for Jesus, it's not why the church exists. It's not why the church exists. It's not why Radiant Church exists. We do not exist for missions. We exist for worship. You see, missions exist because worship doesn't. So because there's no worship, because the people that, that should be following God are not, that's the only reason we're so evangelistic. But when we get together, understand our purpose is to give God the praise and the worship and the glory that he deserves and he only deserves. That's what we exist for. I, I see people often, and it's funny to see the progression of worship, where they're like, you know, they're kind of skeptical, and then they get a little bit into it, and then they get a little bit into it. And then I was watching some of you guys during worship today. You know, like, like the song, the last song's going, and it's like really intense. And like I saw one of you guys, like you went to the next level. Like you went from like this to like this. I saw it. It was like that's the move of God. That's the revival right there. Like, I was sitting there. I was like, like, I wonder if they think they're at a concert or they're actually giving the God of the universe the praise and the worship that he deserves the god that came in human form and died on the cross for your sins and mine that god who we get to come together in worship and give him praise doesn't he deserve a little bit more than this a little toe tap like i mean i mean some of y'all got really crazy and you're like you know what i mean before quarantine, you were really getting into it, and you were like half-masked. You know what I mean? Like, you never went full, but you went about half, and it was like you were like really getting into it. Some of y'all were carrying the baby. You were doing all these kind of motions, right? But, but, you, <laughs> carrying the baby, I don't know where that came from, but. And, 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 I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're thinking. You're Aaron, Aaron, that's just my personality. That's just, that's just who I am. That's, Really? Really? Can we go back last Sunday? Six o'clock at night? About 6.10? Because 6.10 at night last week, I I saw a lot of videos on social media that they weren't this when the Bucks won and went to the Super Bowl. Like some of you grown men look crazy and, wow, we're going to the Super Bowl! You took your shirt off, you're like, you shouldn't take your shirt off like you should, like you you're crazy you go wild which by the way side note about that can we just say for the fact that Maybe they're going to the Super Bowl because we prayed and we fasted. Like, can we take a little bit of credit? Like, I gave him a shout out, Brady, if you're watching. I gave you a shout out Sunday in my message last week. We prayed for it to happen. Like, you could have gone to any city, but you came to a city that's like primed with revival, with radiant church. So, so you can take the credit. I think we we had a share a fair part of this. So. I'm waiting for my tickets still, so if you'd like to send them, you're going to send them here to the church. You go wild and crazy because your team is winning or because some other random thing is happening in your life. Where are the people of God that'll recognize the salvation that was offered through Jesus Christ? Recognize that he saved us, delivered us, is setting us free and we're not gonna be dignified about it. We're gonna be a little excited, a little pumped about the Jesus that saved our soul. We just got to get out of this whole, like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just a dignified person. No, no, no. Let's create environments at Radiant Church. Worship environments. Listen, the last thing we want to have happen is for you to bring your friends and family, and they show up, and they get some cool donuts, cool lights, and a great little slick little message, and they miss out on the presence of Jesus that can change their life. You know what worship does? Worship creates environments where the presence of God dwells. Aaron Burke can't change people. The donuts don't change. Donuts can change some things, but you know what I mean? (sighs) Jesus, that'll change him. How many times have we heard this story? And I, I heard it again this morning from a girl in one of our services. She said, when I walked in the church, something was different. I felt God in that room. What is that? It's an atmosphere of worship that changes people's lives. That's why Jesus says, the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. I believe He's looking throughout Tampa Bay going, where are those people who will be radical and passionate in their worship? And I want them to say, look no further than, than Radiant Church. We are those people. I love how uh, Jesus says that you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Everybody goes, well, no, no, no. I just, I'm just more mental. I'm just like, I'm nowhere intellectual in that. Put your heart into it. Yeah. You go, well, that's not my preference. You know what God's preference is? God's preference is people that are totally abandoned with their heart. Yeah. That's his preference. The music is not what he's focused on. It's the position and posture of your heart being totally radically abandoned. That's why, by the way, in Radiant, we've been taking a little bit longer on our Sundays to worship God. You might have have seen a little bit of a change. We're dialing it up a little bit. Told them we're kind of like boiling the frogs right here. Like, you won't even notice the change. But over enough time, we're going to be a church that's known. I have realized that throughout every major move of God in history, it's always been accompanied by two things. By powerful preaching and a worship culture. Both of those. We're going to have both of those at Radiant Church. Which, yeah. by the way, our worship team is going to the next level. That's why, why, why we have taken uh, January and February off from First Wednesdays. Not because we don't love first, first Wednesdays. It's because I found out that there's a whole group of people who are supplementing, really worshiping on Sundays so that they could worship on First Wednesdays. We're going. That's not why we do this thing. So why are are we trying to do anything on Wednesday night that we can be doing on Sunday morning? Let's go passion after God on Sundays. Next Sunday, we'll take communion together. Now, we are starting first Wednesdays back in March. So don't fight it, we're we're gonna be back there. But we're gonna make this a worship culture, which by the way, that's one of my commissions to our worship department. I told Pastor David and the team, I said, we're gonna take our worship to the next level. And by the way, I'm excited to say that I've commissioned them that they have to write an album and they are doing it and recording it as we speak. And it'll be released by Easter of this year, the first Radiant Church album, ladies and gentlemen. We gotta do it, because worship is such a big deal. Here's, here's your stretch goal, write it down. Your stretch goal is to make a personal and corporate worship, a non-negotiable for your life. That when worship is just something that you're part of. Everything that you're doing, the way you talk, the way you act, your life is a life of worship. That's what Romans says in chapter 12, verse one. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It's not so much you, the, the, the way that you sing, it's the posture of your heart that everything you have just belongs to God. But make worship a part of your life. By the way, if you're at home and you're putting music on, put some worship music online, on. Yeah. In my house all the time, it drives my kids nuts because they want me to play the newest, coolest thing out there. No, not in my house. We play worship music in our house. I want God's presence in my house. We drive our car, we don't play random stuff on the radio. We play worship in our car. You go, well, that's boring. I'm telling you, I want the presence of God in my life. Make it a part of your life. And don't just make make personal worship. Make make corporate worship a priority. And I appreciate you guys. I appreciate especially this service. Um, Our services at all of our locations are incredible. But especially this service. There's a lot of people who for health reasons couldn't be at church. But because we provided mask experiences are able to come back. We're going to keep trying to tweak this. Keep making it better. There's a lot of people watching online. You want to be at church but because of health reasons you can't. We celebrate that. We support you. Make sure you're involved, you're connected online during this season. And as soon as you can get that vaccine, get the vaccine and then get back in church. Because we need, there's something about the fire, the connection when God's people get together. You're a coal that is hot, that it's on its own. It'll, it'll, it'll go out on its own. But when you get together with these other coals and you get in this room, I'm telling you, it'll ignite a passion in you for God. There's something about being in the room. That's why Hebrews tells us, let us not... Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And what I've realized in this season, and I'm looking at the camera really nicely, is that a lot of you guys are staying home not because of health reasons, but because of habit reasons. So break that. Get back in meeting together. All right, Isaiah chapter 54, let's close it out. Here's the challenge. Ready? Enlarge the place of your tent. What is that? What is that? Growth. We're going to reach more people for Jesus. Stretch your tent curtains wide. What is that? Stewardship. We're going to take care of what we got. We're going to give more than we've ever given before. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. We're going to have a worship culture where we give God the praise and the worship he deserves. And the last one is strengthen your stakes. We'll close with this one. Here's what strengthen your stakes means. It's simply a focus on discipleship. That we've got to do our best to not make followers of Radiant. The goal is not to be followers of Radiant. I love it that you guys support Radiant all the time. But Radiant is not what saves your soul. Right. Yeah. Right. The goal is not to become diehard followers of Radiant. I, I love Radiant. I, I wear my pray, pray First bracelet. But I'm not a disciple of Radiant. Here's what a disciple is. A disciple is a, someone who follows the life and teachings of Jesus. Can we remember? We are Jesus people at Radiant Church. Yeah. We are diehard, sold-out followers of Him. Luke 2. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 says it like this. Whoever wants to be my disciple, here's what they must do. They must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Notice he doesn't say take up your cross weekly or monthly or on Easter or even during a one-time salvation experience. No, he says you take up your cross daily. It's constantly dying to your flesh, constantly following Jesus. I believe the perfect church is a church that is like a swimming pool that has both a shallow end and a deep end. And we must most have both of them. We must have a shallow end, easy entry in for your friends and family, a place that they can come and they can connect and belong even before they believe. But we can't be the shallow end church, we can't. We have to be a church that has a deep end. I love our deep end, our deep end is filled with groups and prayer groups and and opportunities that people serve. And there's there's some deep things we do as a church. And by the way, you can get to this end. I'm gonna show you how in just a second. But if you're in this end and you're just like, I just want deep, I want deep, I want deep. Don't stay in the deep end. There's certain times, uh, let's, the deep end's really fun in my pool. There's certain times I got to go to that shallow end to help that, that, that little kid to go, okay, hey, let, me, let me teach you and train you how to be. Probably the best thing you can do is to be someone that's constantly going back and forth. I'm taking more people into the deep end. I'm taking them into the deep end. This is what we're all about. It's the fact that God saved us and he's not done with us. So how, what do we do from here? We realize that God saved you for a relationship. There's a relationship that he has for you he saved you for a relationship with him we understand that but he also frees you by relationships so he's going to get you in some relationships with people here at the church you you cannot stay a bystander any longer you can't stay a participator i mean a, a, just a spectator for very much longer you got to be a participator you got to be on the field and say i'm going to be part of this thing so what is your stretch goal here's your stretch goal here's how to get those relationships in your life where so we can challenge each other. We can sharpen each other. We can go in the deep end together. It's two things, two very practical things you can do this year. And here's your stretch goals. First of all, it's to get into a group. And your location pastor's already told you how to do that. You need to do it. You need to sign up today. And if you can't find a group, we'll help you get one. You can write us. We'll, we'll get you connected. Get in a group. Get in a group. Get in a group. You go, well, it's going to take so much of my time. It's worth it. It's worth your investment. It's time for you to grow. And I'm telling you what I've realized. Uh, everybody's eyes up here real quick. What I realized last year, when the shaking happened in our world, that happened. We had a lot of people who said they were followers of Jesus. Now, as soon as the shaking happened, they went back to their old lifestyles, back to their old ways, back to their, their old, old addictions. And, and Barna studies, the newest studies out, says that 30% of those who are away will never come back to church. What did that That's shaking me up. You know what that means? It's shown me that. We've not done a good job at creating really deep disciples of Jesus. There's more for you to learn than you know right now. And here's the second thing, is that you don't need to get in a group. You need to join a team. And there's teams available for everybody. There's, there's, there's teams that you could serve in, and it's not so that you can serve so that you can be a volunteer. The church doesn't need more volunteers. We need you to serve because you need to be needed and known, and you need some relationships in your life to help you be all that God has called you to be. He's not done with your life, so you need to be part of this thing together. Be stretched. You go, well, that's such a stretch for me to be part of it. Great, it's probably exactly what God has for you. Let me close with this statement, all right? Let me just say it this way. In the last year, Our region, Tampa Bay, has won the Stanley Cup, has gone to the World Series, and is now going to the Super Bowl to win next Sunday, to God be the glory. All right. The world is watching this this region. People are all over. I I met with a realtor last week. He said, man, everybody's moving to Tampa. It's like all eyes are on Tampa. So you know what the phrase is that I wrote down last Sunday? This is Tampa's time. And then I started thinking about it, not not being weird, but like we are that church on the forefront of reaching people in this region for Jesus. And I thought, not only is this Tampa's time, but this is our time, Radiant, for us to be all that God's called us to be. And then I started thinking about it. It's not just my time, it's not just Tampa's time, it's not just Radiance time, I want to make a declaration it's your time it's your time to grow, it's your time to be a good steward, it's your time to worship and it's your time to be a real deep disciple of Jesus being all that he's called you to be come on, stand to your feet, let's sing it out together let's make it a worship inspired to put it into practice so all four of those areas there's something that God's challenging you for on a stretch goal maybe it's people that God's calling you to reach you wrote down their names maybe it's stewardship getting on a budget giving maybe it's comes to worship and your idea of giving your whole life to God maybe it's in here in his discipleship getting in the group whatever God's telling you to do I want you to make a commitment between you and God right now and I want you to say yes to him we're gonna pause 15 seconds, and I want you to have a moment where you commit to God, whatever that stretch goal is. Say, God, that's what I'm gonna do this year. 15 seconds, go ahead and do it. Lord, you heard the commitments that were just made in this room at every location to say yes to you. Lord, we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be a doer of the word. So we pray this week, help us activate that. Give us those opportunities to invite our friends. Those opportunities to give radically. Lord, those opportunities to worship. Those opportunities to be a disciple. Let's get in a group, whether it's virtual or in person. Lord, that we can truly be all you've called us to be. With every eye closed, every head bowed, let me just give one more opportunity. There's another group of people that are in here today that don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know you can. You haven't screwed up too much. You haven't sinned too much for the grace of God not to reach you right where you're at. I actually think you being at church listening to this message is God's grace. He's drawing you to himself. He has a plan and purpose for your life. And the way that that starts is by you making a simple yet significant decision to give your life, your sin, your issues to God and saying, I'm giving them to you and I want to invite Jesus to forgive me of my sins. And invite him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. What is it? It's giving control of your life over to him. You can do it right now in this service. Today's your moment. Say, I'm ready to give control of my life over to God. I'm not following him, but I'm ready to follow him today. And this is your moment of salvation that everything will change. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up. I want you to wave it at me and then put it right back down. This is your moment. Don't miss it right now. Your moment for your whole life to change. Ready? One, two, three. Three, throw those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, so many people. Thank you. Thank you at all of our locations. If you're watching online, thank you so much for clicking that button right there. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, today I make a decision to give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. Forgive my sins. Thank you for dying for me. I make a decision to live for you For the rest of my life, be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.